0: Get my mind away from thoughts of you Two weeks ago today You were just the girl I drew And now I think it's time that we decide Love is all friends And we will be fools not to follow What our hearts suggest So think it over Let me know, girl Cause you and I the easier as us Don't need three words one could sum us up We're a couple of in It's apparent when we touch oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. You and I Be easier as us Oh, easier as us Can't keep my hands away From holding yours Your eyes like grip. Of our own, is the were so you me know, girl, cause you and I be easier is us
1: Welcome to the Tom Dupree show for our second hour joining us Sa Darsh Shrew, Mike Johnson, our host Tom Dupree and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group.
2: So, I'll tell you about how. Leave it up there. Leave it on. Turn it up a little bit.
1: Now, exactly song. what volume do you want?
2: Higher. Yeah, there you go. Okay. To the so,
1: Straight to the
2: I go to this. This, this is going to sound weird. I get this foot massage at this place, and, uh, you and I it's all on the level. You know, there's nothing.
0: <laughs> but the,
2: she plays this music that's kind of this, you know, floaty, new agey kind of you know it's actually it's actually i i shazam some of it it's a there's a whole collective of these artists that do this sort of meditation type music and it's like a big deal out in los angeles or something well then all of a sudden this song comes and i said that's a real song you know i mean the other stuff it's not really a real song that 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 new agey kind of yeah, meditation music. Transient. It like yeah. goes on forever. Yeah. You know, 35 minutes That's doing the It's probably on loop. And, and, and this thing comes on and it says, How did that get in there? <laughs> That's sort of blue eyed soul sounding. And I don't know. I, he, they say he sounds, I guess he sounds like John Mayer or somebody. Yeah. A, a little could, bit. Or, or maybe, uh, what's that other guy? Uh, Michael Buble. So I thought, well, okay, you know, I'd play it. (laughs) His name is Michael McEachern. He looks like he's about 19. So anyway, I I just, to me, it's interesting discovering new artists. I feel like, you know, I used to know who everybody was, or I thought I did. And uh, now I don't know who anybody is, so. I got to work twice as hard to be like about an eighth as effective as I used to be. <laughs> so knowing it, music.
3: It's so cool when you do find that yeah, person that so, like just starting and you follow yeah, them and then they make it big. It's, it's kind of like
2: a racehorse, you know, Yeah, you follow just, a racehorse. It's fun. It's cool. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's good. It's bad. It's funky. <laughs> um, so, um, all right. U S economy. What, what do you guys want me to talk about? I'm like Joe Biden here. You know, just what did you put in front of me? <laughs> you
3: know, I, I think the, uh, the first one here, um, Richard Thaler, um, the, the economist, uh, saying that, you know, he doesn't really see anything that resembles a recession. I did read that. And.
2: You know. I would argue that the inflation that we have is not caused by what one used to consider the reasons for inflation. And I don't know if it's ever really been caused by that, which is a strong economy. I think the idea that inflation is caused by a strong economy is old economic stuff. It's Keynesian. It's from the last century. What causes inflation is government spending more money than they take in economic, at least nowadays, economic strength is where productivity is growing. Productivity, when it's growing, is always disinflationary. So I would argue, you know, and and this idea of, well, we got to raise interest rates to shut down inflation no just stop spending so damn much money at the government level that'll do the trick that's that's my belief you know uh and i've watched this for years and i've listened to these keynesian type people tell us you read the wall street journal nobody's come up with any new ideas in a long time and this guy powell thinks he wants to you know uh re uh or channel Volcker, it's a different set of circumstances these days. And the inflation today is not the inflation of the late seventies, early eighties. So, uh, you know, really what, 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 what would drive down inflation is to cause more innovation, more entrepreneurialism, more business growth, which will hire more people and we will not have inflation but and and I don't even think that's our biggest problem right now but I'll leave that alone so see what you all think
4: yeah so i mean ultimately you know the causes of inflation uh, there's always this argument you know whether it's driven by demand or supply uh oftentimes it could be both uh you know so uh, government spending and, you know, uh, having these massive stimulus packages, uh, can cause inflation. And we are seeing that, you know, there was a lot of money that was put into the economy, uh, over the last two years. Uh, and then we just had another stimulus announced yesterday, the student loan forgiveness, which really will also add to inflation. Um, but as you said, you know, ultimately when there's a mismatch uh, or imbalance between supply and demand, the answer lies in solving the, the supply uh, problem. Uh, and that can happen either with technology or, uh, you know, increasing production. Uh, so, yes, it's it's. I'd say it's a combination of both demand and supply because when you look at, uh, you know, what the consumer is doing, say what home prices have done, uh, the economy, uh, unemployment is extremely low. So uh, there is increased consumption and that has met the supply side issues, supply imbalances. And, you know, that that's why we are where we are today.
3: I mean, unemployment's low and the re-employment rate is fast. Um, if uh, you really want to work. If you really want to work um
2: i mean i saw and, some job postings thing for just uk alone it was like 10 pages 15 pages of i mean these are like good jobs yeah too, yeah
3: that they can't fill sure sure
2: that was at uk yeah you know and and and, and i mean there were several jobs on each page
3: sure you look at uh the company we we had a call it was yesterday wasn't it uh with that with the a company uh was talking about how they're dealing with and coping with the inflation right now it's interesting it, companies are a lot like people um you know the inflation affects them differently uh, and they have different levers that they can pull uh to kind of combat it and to in a way position themselves try to take advantage of it long term i mean this this was an insurance company um and they're talking about uh, basically when you insure something out in the future um, you know, you you, you have an expected in, inflation rate on that, um, and basically being able to raise premiums uh, to cope with that, and and it's it's not unlike when you have a, a major catastrophe, being able to raise premiums. So companies can use different environments um, to their advantage. That's that's why we say on on here, you know, companies are resilient. Good companies, good management are resilient because. They've seen environments like this before, right. and I don't know. It's just it, it's fascinating seeing how the different companies manage it. Some can't; uh, some they have no pricing power. So you have to have companies that have pricing power. They have a value add or a specialty that they can pass along. Uh, you know the the premium, if you will. Um, so it's, it's just it's very interesting.
2: I mean, the only way you know you, to dig out economies of scale right now the only way to sort of uh, be able to offer what you do uh at a at the at the price you make and and uh and make the same kind of money is um in a sense selling less for the same price you know yeah, yeah. i mean you know so you're seeing serving sizes dropping and and things like that um and i don't know how they anybody you, it's, it's going to be hard to take it out of the suppliers because they have their their costs yeah and uh, you know i i do think if we continue to see uh lower fuel prices that it'll somewhat mitigate things uh but But oil got to, uh, um, it got lower than, uh, than it is right now. Uh, let me just look. It dropped to about eighty five, eighty. Yeah. It's at 93 bucks. So it looked like it was, I thought oil was going to go back to the somewhere in the sixties. It could do that. Uh, but it, it doesn't look like it's going to do it this trip.
3: To, to that point, um, there the, the next piece we're going to talk about, um, uh, big oil's message to investors, you're too pessimistic. Um, we had a call with a pipeline company, a natural gas pipeline, um, and, and their message was essentially the same, that the markets are too pessimistic. You, you've got... You know the price of oil fluctuating, doing what it's doing, but markets are not participating like they used to. Uh, you've got the the woke agenda, all this different stuff that's going on, and it's impacting prices. Um, but when, when they say they're too pessimistic, they what they're saying is they think it's going to go back up. Uh, these are the oil majors um, and the, some of the analysts here that it's going to continue going up because you have to have it. Yep.
2: And we we were on the call with uh, a well-known transporter of energy products the other day. And they, they believe that they will see uh, natural gas, uh, and this was a conservative estimate, the uh, use for natural gas will rise twenty percent by the end of the century. So that that would be I don't know three to four percent a year. Uh, and
4: by, by the end of the decade, yeah, yeah, a year. I'm
2: talking about by the end of the decade. So it'd be what that translates to three to five, three four five percent, three to four percent a year, maybe two to three percent somewhere in there, but compounded, but. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, certainly uh, we could see, I don't see, where are you going to go? I mean, other than fossil fuels. You don't like fossil fuels. They're evil. They're bad. Let's get rid of fossil fuels. Basically, what you're saying is you want everybody, to, you want society to just go backwards. You don't want economic growth, progress, or even the economy to go forward that's exactly what you're saying just be honest about it because we have no viable solution you fight against coal and oil that's the only thing that can power your electric cars that you want so badly you speak with a forked tongue you people who are out there saying we got to have renewable energy Electric cars are not renewable energy unless they're all done with solar cells and wind farms. And we know that those, at best, will only produce maybe 8 to 12% of the country's energy.
1: So I'm going to jump in just quickly. I saw a post, it might have been on Facebook or something. Someone had their car in a dealership, in a Chevrolet dealership. It was a Chevy Volt that had 70,000 miles on it. Guess what the price was to replace the battery for that Chevy Volt? Just guess.
3: $5,000.
1: $28,000 for a new battery for that Chevy Volt with 70,000 miles on it.
3: Golly.
1: So anyway, that's just food for thought.
3: Wow. And where, and where was it? This was...
1: Was that a Chevy dealership? I don't remember what okay. the invoice said.
3: But. Wow. Um, but, I mean, you look at oil that has come down. Uh, it's come up a little bit off its low. Um, but you've got OPEC Plus that's talking about cutting production. It, markets don't make sense sometimes on what stock prices do what commodity prices do when you're actually looking at the fundamentals you got opec that may cut production um you've got decent demand falling inventories um you got a supply issue on the refined products um and all of this together i mean it, it it doesn't make sense when you see the prices coming down like they have um in the long run i i don't see how they can't continue to go up i don't either yeah
4: yeah, no, I- if, if,
2: if You know, the best thing would be to just say we're going to invest in energy independence. <laughs> Even Jamie Dimon, who typically votes with the Democrats, says it's insane to think that we should shut it off. But what here's the problem. A lot of these old-timey Democrats that think that we're supposed to have an economy, they don't understand how the left-wingers think who think that we're not supposed to have an economy. Basically, who runs the Democrat Party now are people who want to destroy the economy. But they want to keep spending money they don't have, which is another way of of destruction. If people would just be honest about what their agenda is these days, that that we want America in decline, we want people sitting around campfires. Okay. That's fine. I oppose you. Yeah. And I'll oppose you with everything I got,
3: so that's the way I look at it, yeah, so if you have the strong likelihood that energy prices will go up over the medium to long term, you have housing and rents going up um you have the the unemployment numbers where they are. I mean, inflation could be here. For a while, that's yeah. very possible. Yeah, um, it, it, I mean, we, I, I don't disagree with you. We, we don't know, but the, the fact is, is that you, as a consumer, prices have gone up, and at the same time, the stock market has been going down. And so, if you're living on a fixed income, be it from pension, whatever sources you have, right. you're feeling the pinch. Um, and one of the things we've been trying to do this year uh, is take advantage of that and increase the income stream because you don't know how quickly growth is going to grow in the market, and so that, that that's the real point of this discussion. Prices are going up. Your income needs to go up in order to be able to Buy the same amount that you were per- that you were buying before the same goods, right? And so, trying to take advantage of what the market gives you, uh, and in this environment, uh, a lot of that has been on the income side of things, dividend-paying stocks, right? And if you look well, back to the the company we talked to the other day, they've raised their dividend every year for over sixty years. Wow! So when you're when you're looking at You know, inflation adjustments. You don't get an inflation adjustment with bonds, with interest payments. Um, Companies historically are the best hedge against inflation. And if you're able to get that dividend payment while you wait for the price to go up, that's what we're looking for.
2: Yeah. I would advise anybody that is thinking about what is my retirement account doing Do I even know what I'm in? Do I even know what I'm invested in? And sitting in cash is not an option. It isn't. So you think, well, I'm going to wait for the market to get to a certain price, and then I'm going to buy in. It never, rarely ever happens that way. And then when it does, typically people think, well, it's going to go even lower. That's the thing. Which happens. So, If you want a logical way to start legging into this market or changing the investment strategy that you've got towards more income, more dividend, give us a call, Elizabeth.
1: Oh, is that my cue? Okay, well, I'll start a little music, maybe. There we go. If you'd like to give us a call and have us take a look at your portfolio for another with another set of eyes, if nothing else, we do that as a complimentary thing. Call us, 859 233 You can also go to our website, dupreefinancial.com, and there's a chat tab. You can send us a message, or you can also go and schedule an appointment if you'd like to go directly and get it done. We, you're listening to The Tom Dupree Show. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more of how you can improve your chances of keeping up with inflation. Stay tuned. can't keep my hands
0: away from holding yours. Your eyes are like gravity. Keep pulling me close inside of your world. And I think it's time together we find.
2: Hi, I'm Tom Dupree. If you really study the news, you know there's a high degree of insanity afoot these days. This can also affect investment markets. In times like these, people are much more likely to believe a cynical view of markets and behaviors than in more normal times. There's nothing wrong with realism, as long as it's tempered with a healthy dose of constructive optimism. This is only possible through faith, which is believing in something that's not yet apparent. And faith is how our country was built. At Dupree Financial Group, we do a great deal of research on the companies in which we invest, and we have faith in our research we can review your current investment portfolio and advise you about how to properly invest for retirement. Call us now at 859-233-0400. Breathe in. <laughs> so.
1: All right, let me do the intro Yuck. after that complete departure from the script, which we'd never have anyway. Welcome back to the Time to Pre-Show. Joining us for this segment of Darsh Ministry, Mike Johnson, our yoga Inspired so this host is the, Tom Dupree.
2: This is this this is the music that this woman typically plays when you're getting a foot massage, and the visual
1: uh, is just too much. I just can't <laughs> handle. Well,
2: it. it's just how it is, and you know th- this is. Yeah, I don't know quite who this is, but you know something. This is like a big industry. This kind of music. Yeah, it's not. You don't typically hear it on the radio it's really huge especially in california where everybody's a daggone uh
1: they're all stretching in the yoga yeah stretching poses, and
2: doing yeah. yoga and holistic and this and that there is a big studio with like numerous artists and this is the kind of music they produce And these are people that are you know pretty big time studio musicians yeah so i'm sitting here kind of joking around but it's actually a very big business. Hey, they're,
3: they're laughing all the way to the bank. Exactly. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool. I could, We could listen to this for this whole segment, and everybody might be a lot more chilled out <laughs> than if they sit here and listen to us talk or about asleep. The, uh, the economy. Yeah, might you know? be
1: asleep and miss the whole conversation.
2: And then it'll change. It'll do kind of a little... They're going to switch keys, and the thing's going to go a different direction, and it's like... You know, your breathing is going to get, it, it's, I, you know, I'm not running it down. I'm kind of into it a little bit, you know, sort of. <laughs> so anyway.
1: If you weren't, you wouldn't be playing I it on your radio show. Right exactly. Right. exactly. All right. Let's get on with this. Let's business. go back.
2: Treasury yields rise on the bet that recovery will last longer. Bond prices have slipped, which always means that interest rates are going higher. A sign of investor optimism regarding the economy before the Jackson Hole retreat. It's interesting. First of all, everybody gets it wrong. They call it Jackson Hole. Jackson Hole is a name that got given to sort of the valley in which sits the city of Jackson, Wyoming, next to Jenny Lake, And the Tetons are right across the uh, lake. And if you want to hike up in the Tetons, you got to take the boat across the lake. It's called, it is called Jackson, Wyoming. Jackson Hole is just a thing that people give to it. So it's interesting how these guys go to a really nice area. And it's very nice. And some dude makes a a, a speech, i.e., the Federal Reserve Chairman, in a very, swanky resort i don't know if he's staying at the jenny lake lodge or where they are out there and the rest of the world suffers we're gonna have to have some more pain he says as he's staying in a thousand dollar a night hotel room this whole thing it's never been a good picture for me but you have to look you have to have a uh You have to have a strategic view on things. And you ask yourself, is it really just about the cost of money? Yes and no. The really good businesses, the ones you want to invest in, generate cash. They don't borrow it. They generate it. They produce cash. They loan their money out. They're not borrowing the bank's money. Now, there are some businesses out there that make use of borrowed money in such a way as to arbitrage it into other markets. We own some of those businesses in our portfolio, but they're not borrowing money to keep the business alive. They borrow money against collateral to run the business and the borrowed money is a part of the way they do things. The point I'm trying to make is if you have a really good business, higher interest rates don't hurt you because you're not borrowing money for that business. So the businesses (laughs) that they are targeting by raising interest rates are the businesses that maybe are struggling anyway, have to borrow a lot of money. And the only, uh, only businesses that are going to get immediately clamped down upon are businesses who are borrowing money on a floating rate note. Because that's the only thing that's going to reset every time the prime gets raised. Prime is now 5.5%. Five and a half percent. Uh, But you're not hitting a very large part of the economy because people that have uh, bank loans that are fixed, they're not going to get hurt until they renew. And people who have businesses that generate cash and don't have to require borrowing, they're actually going to get helped because their cash balances... They might see a higher rate of return so i think this whole thing about raising interest rates to quote destroy inflation is very archaic and it wasn't archaic 40 years ago because that was what actually beat things but credit was not as free as it is today and the government was not near the kind of borrower then that it is now. So if you're going to keep printing money, borrowing it, pretending like you're borrowing the money, but you issue debt and the fed turns around and monetizes it. Let's not fool ourselves. They're basically printing money and sending it to the treasury, which they're using to dilute every other thing out there. You can raise interest rates all you want to. You're still going to have inflation. So I think, Powell is a fool. I I, I really think he thinks that government spending doesn't matter. All I got to do is keep raising interest rates. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a wealth transfer. It's what it is. It takes it away from somebody who's starting a business and it goes into the hands of banks. It's that simple.
4: Right. Um, I think, one of the major differences uh that has you know uh, happened recently is that the government started giving money to people directly uh which you know had That's been, what
2: caused hyperinflation yes
4: after uh world war 1 I. Right. I mean that's what really caused hyperinflation right so even after the financial crisis uh, yes there was a lot of money uh, that was put into the banking system but that did not make it into the hands of people because banks weren't lending and there wasn't as much demand but here in the last 2 years especially since uh, you know the the pandemic uh, began uh, we've seen a lot of money that's gone directly into the hands of people and just yesterday when uh, the student loan uh, you know uh, plan was announced that's another a major stimulus. So that, that, uh, is, you know, that can be inflationary because money goes directly from the treasury into the hands of people and people spend it.
2: And it's, it goes into the hands of people that typically are probably not the best money managers. Right. So what's going to happen is the money's not going to get invested. It's going to get consumed right. and it, consumption will, that'll, that'll, produce inflation. Right. Mm -hmm. So everything you think you're giving away, you think you're giving them something of real value. It's just going to contribute to inflation.
4: Right. Especially in an environment where inflation is already high. So I, I, you know, to me, it was a little, uh, uh, I guess, surprising that, you know, this came about right now, but uh, yeah. So, you know, inflation no one, everyone believed inflation was inevitable during the financial crisis. It did not really happen. And then people forgot. And then there were all these theories, you know, MMT, modern monetary theory, where you could just keep issuing debt and keep monetizing it. And there was not going to be any inflation. And, and here we are, you know, where inflation has become a serious problem.
3: When you had the, the direct handouts in conjunction with the supply chain issues coming out of COVID, and that just compounded that problem. I mean, it, it was a huge influx of money, no supply, demand went up on certain things. Um, and that's what started the steamrolled from there.
4: Right. Right. And you know, one of the issues is that throwing money at a problem really does not solve the problem that, you know, like this whole university or college, uh, Loans thing, the problem is not being solved. No, of course not,
2: because they don't want to deal with the systemic reasons. Right. Let's right. just erase right. some of the debt, but you don't erase it, you know.
3: Yeah, well, it, it's it's not uh, unlike you know the the bailouts in the financial crisis. You know, it, it doesn't change the behavior that got the banks there. It doesn't change the behavior that that people get themselves into. Um, and you know, that's the, the moral issue of it. Uh, it. it just, it doesn't change. It just put kicks the can down the road and becomes an issue again. Right. right. Um, I do want to talk about this. This was interesting. Uh, it was a Jason's week article. Um, and the, the, the article is titled how to beat the stock market without even lying. Um, The whole gist of this is to know what you own, um, understand what you own. Mutual funds, they they always have a benchmark that they rate themselves to. Because if they beat the benchmark, it's a way that they can it's a money grab. If they beat the benchmark over a certain period of time, typically money follows that. They get more money in, and so that's the game with mutual funds. They want to beat the benchmark, and then they get more money uh quote unquote under management and higher fees. Mutual funds, and this isn't something that's illegal. I mean this is they're allowed to do this, but mutual funds can change their benchmark. What they're what they're trying to be deceptive, but it's not illegal. It's not illegal, but it's deceptive. And when you look at the, the 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 rankings, you know, be it a Morningstar ranking or whatever, you know, they they apply this as one component, you know, beating the benchmark. Um, And take it back, take it real simple. Take it back to when you're investing in something, an arbitrary benchmark really doesn't mean anything to you. It it does mean something to investment nerds who are looking at this stuff. It does mean something because there is. There is value in comparing it to the benchmark, but you, the investor, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's an arbitrary benchmark. Right. Um, the The index or that benchmark doesn't care what your goals are. I mean, it's just it's just an arbitrary thing. Yeah. You as an investor, you have specific needs, be it long term growth, be it right. income, whatever it is. You need to be invested in something that's achieving those goals or will achieve those goals over a long period of time, which has no no relevance to any benchmark per se. Yeah. And so when you're investing in think of your 401k, you know, your mutual fund, in your 401k or 403B, it's going to have, underneath it, it's going to have, or beside it, it's going to have what the return of the fund has been, and then underneath that, it's going to show what the benchmark has been. And money's always chasing that. Invest based on your situation. Don't invest just based on some arbitrary benchmark. Right. And, and even more nowadays, when we're
2: we're really pushing this, invest based on income as well as growth. You need, people don't, when they're investing for retirement, they don't live off of just having money in the bank. A lot of people view their investment account similar to a big checking account. They think, well, I can spend it. No, that's not how it works. You want to invest it so that it produces income yeah and that's a big thing we are pushing more and more because we found things that provide dividends that you can
3: invest in well and it's it's dividends at attractive prices and attractive valuations right that that's a key right there because if you rewind to 2020 2019 um you could find things that were paying outsized dividends right but there was a reason they were paying an outsized dividend um, because there were they might have had more leverage. There were there were flies on it. The valuations weren't attractive yeah. for income at the time. Today we're seeing valuations that are attractive for income-producing securities, companies that pay dividends, and so that's the key. You have to, the things have to align. You can't you can't buy income at whatever valuation. Because you're asking for problems, right. um, It's finding income at a value, and that's what we're seeing the market provide right now. Um, and you know, it's it's income, and it's you. Hopefully, it's a rising income. If it's a company that's consistently raising dividends, uh, or they have in the past, um, and and you can kind of get a feeling for that when you're looking at their earnings and the balance sheet, the business that they're in. Um, And so it it goes back to, you know, know what you own regardless of what it is. Um, But if you're not inclined to do your own research on what you own or what you should own, that's where, that's where we come into play. Yeah. Part of what we do well,
2: not part, but a big part, is research. We do a lot of research, which means that when we're digging into companies, we're looking at things that we think can do as well over time and better than what inflation can potentially take away from you. Um, Right now, we are facing inflation that looked like it was going to be transitory, which may end up not being transitory, um, and we got to deal with it because your purchasing power of your money, in order for it to be sustained, it's got to do better than inflation. And if you look, Adarsh, you might want to comment on this. Really, the only thing that's been able to beat inflation over time has been wise investments in in uh, equities.
4: Yes, so equities have uh, historically been uh, the best uh, hedge, I guess, for lack of a better word, against inflation. Now, yes, of course, you know, you can say that commodities do well and this and that. That's true, but they do well only periodically, whereas a well-run company can do well for years and decades. Um, So with commodities, you know, you have to time it correctly. Uh, It's more of a boom and bust thing whereas well run companies with real assets behind them uh, always uh, do better than inflation because they are able to their assets go up in value when there's inflation or the product or service that they sell that uh, the the price of that goes up because they are able to uh, set prices commodity producers uh, you know of course Oil and gas has been a g- great place, so have other commodities. Uh, but commodity producers tend to be price takers. They're not price setters, which means that they are beholden to the price of the commodity. Uh, so and which which can you know fluctuate significantly. But most well-run companies, uh, you know, if you go back, even if you think about just 12 years ago when we had the financial crisis, imagine how bad things were. And then we had the Eurozone crisis. We've had multiple crises since then. But a lot of well-run companies today are earning even more, multiple times the cash flow that they did 10 years ago, despite all these problems. So as bad as things are today, good companies will figure out a way to survive and grow.
3: This is something else seen. Anytime you have volatility in the market, um, you see people um that want to leave a majority of, of their you know a majority of their assets they want to leave in cash right and that's a problem long term we've been talking about inflation the, co- the cost of everything going up cash aka checking and savings doesn't pay anything i mean there's no inflation adjustment on cash Um, Now, it it is important to have some cash for emergencies and spending. You you have that. That's built into a good plan. Um, But to have a majority or the majority of your assets in cash, checking, savings, it's not going to grow. You're going to lose your purchasing power over time. And you see that more and more, especially as you have volatility in the market because people are nervous. Like you said before, Tom, people view their investment account like a checking account. It's not, it's something that's producing. Think of it as a business. So and just
2: calm down. Here comes Tom's call music. <laughs> just calm
1: music. You've been down. listening to the Tom Dupree show with the Darsh Ministry, Mike Johnson okay. and Tom Dupree. Oh, he's so calming. If you'd like to give us a call, 859-233-0400, we'd love to take a look at your portfolio and make sure that you are having a attempt at keeping up with inflation. We will be back in the next hour, so you'll want to stay tuned.